Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of being with Sharita today uh, as we discuss ideal relationships and whatnot. Sharita, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Doing pretty good. So... Just to go ahead and get hot and heavy into the topic, what are your personal views? Well, what is your definition of the ideal relationship? Yes. So the ideal relationship is what's healthy for me, right? So being able to communicate, being able to express my emotions without like negative consequence, um, being able to be one, right? So whenever there are disagreements, because there's always going to be disagreements and any convert in any relationship friendships etc but being able to like always come back to like an even ground so I want you know someone who I can trust on that level someone who brings safety someone who brings security so what is your view of when people say I want someone who is loyal to me I think loyalty is subjective. And so figuring out what loyalty means, right? So for someone who may be codependent, loyalty will look like, oh, I'm doing all of these things for you. So you have to do these things for me as well. And like giving yourself up for that person. And for someone who's healthy and in a healthy relationship, that looks way different, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting someone to go against all of their boundaries and views just to suit me. So I think we would have to unpack what loyalty means and where they get that idea from of loyalty from. I'm with you there because I know like if whenever I do have like communications with other people, most definitely someone that I'm interested in dating and they say they want somebody that's loyal, I I really do have to ask them, okay, so how do you define loyal? And um, I have come across some people who's like, well, loyalty just is loyalty. And I'm like, that's not really, you cannot really define it with just using that same word because my sense and my understanding of loyalty is completely different. Uh, And that's one of the things that I personally don't ask for a partner to have. Uh, I do ask for like trust communication and whatnot but loyalty uh, for me I guess is something that I'm still trying to find for myself uh, which is why I don't ask for it Um, but whenever I do engage with these other people it's more of I, I want that 
uh, 100% commitment to me. And I'm like, well, if that's something that you're looking for, then that means I might not be that person because I can be committed to you. But I also know that for me being someone that's on the poly spectrum, that I can also be committed to other people too. And I don't ever want to be in a position where I have to sacrifice my own needs just so that the other per person feels validated. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't have that definition of loyalty as well as um, don't look for that within a relationship. Yeah. And one thing that that kind of made me think about, like, even when like you're looking on like the dating sites, sometimes when I see like I need someone who's 100 percent loyal, that can feel like a red flag to me. As someone who's been in codependent relationships and have dealt with being my own like attachment issues, um, the fact that you're putting that on there means that you either you have cheated on someone, someone has cheated on you, or you have been attracted to people who have this like insecure attachment. And mm -hmm. that's not what I want, you know? I mean, I, I still engage, you know, I unpack it, but like when I see it at first, it's like, because a lot of people who like put stuff on their dating sites, they'll be like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want drama. I don't want all of these things. It's like, also, you've been in relationships that there's been a lot of drama in, right? That's what I'm seeing when I see that dating on a dating site. I, I like that's one of the things that crossed my mind too. Uh, and I, we definitely need to go into codependency, but something that really came up to me is just the concept of red flags. And I know like red flags, I don't see those as like an automatic deal breaker, just something to be alert for and have that discussion with somebody of where this coming from. Like you said, with insecure attachment, uh, like people who've experienced all these things and they've um, um, just created some kind of narrative that all the people that they're dating are going to be this type of person, um, that same person who hurt them, who cheated on them, and now they're attributing that same behavior to every new person that they meet. Uh, and it's like, whenever I see things like that, I prefer to like, let's address those red flags up, up front uh, and have those conversations to uh, show you that I'm not those other people. But uh, at the same time, uh, either we're going to have to be in the situation and date each other and know each other as who we are today and let go of who those past identities were, who those people you've dated before, let that go so we can get to know each other. And if you constantly, like if the person constantly makes me out to be that character or me make them out to be somebody who's hurt me, then uh, inevitably they become that person. Mm -hmm. And of course you separate. So what is your advice in a sense uh, uh, in terms of like dealing with those red flags and how do you view red flags in general? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a difference between red flags and yellow flags, right? And I think as I've gotten more into dating, like same thing with like, I don't quite know, like on the poly, I'm more on the poly spectrum too, but I can be monogamous. And so figuring all of that out as far as commitment and what that looks like. But like, for me, there are red flags, which are like, these are like against my boundaries. Like, I'm not going to do this. This is not like, um, and so an example for me would be someone who's like, I want a girl who's submissive. I'm not submissive. That's not me. That's a red flag. You sound controlling. And I really I'm not going to engage in that, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't have the option, if I have the option to not engage, I'm not going to. Um, but then there are like yellow flags. And those are the ones that 
I think people don't talk about as much, right? That's where if I see something where it's like, I want someone who's 100% committed to me, that seems like that could be a yellow flag, it could be a red flag, but I wanna explore it, I wanna process it. Yes, see where we're going with it, right? If you've been cheated on multiple times, have you done some of your own self work and what does that look like, right? Um, Cause you, yeah, you can blame other people for, you can't blame yourself if someone cheats on you, but then you're continuously dating people who continuously cheated on you, then maybe we can talk about who are these people that you're attracting? Cause I think there is a part that of, your own self-work that comes into that hmm. um and then there's green flags and i think green flags which we don't talk a lot about we always talk about the negative i think green flags are great things right things that make you feel secure things that make you feel like wow this is a really great person and so one of the things that i've been doing is being especially on the dating sites because it's really just hard in general like just dating sites and seeing someone that short little um summary um looking for green flags in that right so what about this person actually makes this person feel like they would be a good person for me Mm, I feel that um yeah I don't know too many conversations that actually bring up anything about a green flag so that's a a huge (laughs) a huge point right there but um like um that is I will say another flaw within online dating um is that you it's hard to give a snapchat of who you are in less than 400 like 500 characters 120 characters wherever it is it's really hard to give a full snapshot of snapshot of yourself because it's not enough to just be like oh i cook i clean i um i'm this sexual orientation i like you know um you know you can put the political things like let's say blm um, um democrat republican all these other things but even just those um, scripts do not give you everything about that person. Cause I can say I enjoy cooking, but what do you like to cook? What's your favorite meals? Uh, are you, um, do you practice in like a certain type of cuisine? Do you have a specialization or you have formal education related to uh, cooking? Like those are things that you really do have to like dive deep into if you really want to get to know a person like, yeah, uh, it's a potential that what you have on your um uh, your profile can provide I guess an icebreaker mm-hmm. but at the same time most people don't read profiles which sucks but <laughs> it's like it's these these platforms don't give you the full narrative uh even if it's like some of like hinge how they have a, a audio component where you can actually hear a person's voice and I really do like that because I'm just like oh that's what you sound like oh <laughs> you're trying to be so good okay yes <laughs> but you get the video aspect too but at the same time it's like all you get is a, a, a sneak peek and you, if you really want to get to know a person of course that's what we have to do on our end and like you know actively pursue but I will still like to have a more fulfilled or a more well-rounded view of a person off of what I see on their profiles Mm -hmm. um um to go back on something uh, you uh, you mentioned codependency. Do you mind defining that for everybody and letting everybody know exactly what that is? So I'm going to pull up the actual definition. So then people, they ask, you be like, what is the real definition? True. <laughs> so people won't get in my face about what the definition. Okay, so codependency. It is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy 
mutual satisfying relationship. Um, a lot of the time it maintains itself on a one-sided spectrum. So an example of that would be, um, I really like this person. So I'm going to go across all of my boundaries. I'm going to do anything just to satisfy this person, even though I'm not getting any satisfaction from it. Um, one example we talked about, which I don't know how codependent it is. It sounded codependent based off the interview. There is this, uh, in a couple other episodes, we talked about this girl, Jazzy J. She's a comedian. She's like dating Cam Newton, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about, she's like, I have a one count. I have an eight count for him. When I wake up in the morning, I do this, 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 this for him. And in the interview, the lady was like, well, what does he do for you? Like, does he have an eight count for you? And she says, oh, I don't have an eight count for me. I get happy just off of making him happy. And I mean, I think we would need to dig a little bit deeper to see if that's codependent, but from the surface level, it sounds very codependent. Like mm -hmm. I'm doing all of these things to keep him happy, to keep him satisfied in a relationship. And I'm not necessarily getting that in return. And you're going above and beyond mm -hmm. in that situation, so. Yeah, and I think, like, I, I, I feel like I made the argument before on uh, the podcast, but I believe, like, in our culture, uh, in Western culture specifically, the ideal relationship is a codependent one, because to this day, I still do not understand why people are looking for a Romeo and Juliet style relationship as though that's not, that's a healthy relationship, like people. I don't know exactly whoever's listening to this. I don't know exactly what your age is, but you should not be modeling your romantic experiences off of two 15 year olds who com uh, committed suicide just because they couldn't love each other. That's not healthy. That's not, that's not, that's not what you, what you want in your life. Uh, one, I also feel that you should not love someone so much that you're willing to uh, commit suicide for them. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. One, I also feel that you should not love someone so much that you're willing to uh, commit suicide for them. Um, love yourself enough, <laughs> in a sense. But um, yeah, I, def I do believe that the culture of how we establish um, relationships in this society is that one-sided, that codependent relationship, how um, most definitely when you put in gender roles, uh, you have the one person, the um, usually traditionally the male who's the provider of the family. Uh, and then you have the woman at home who has to make sure that he's good, make sure the kids are good, make sure that um, the food is being made. And even when you go back even further, when you had the um, that this same traditional styling, the uh, woman was at home 
also tending to the fields too. So mm -hmm. like all of these things um, placed on the feminine uh, persona within a relationship. However, you're doing all this to fulfill the needs of the patriarchy, the man in the house, the patriarch, rather than having a mutual beneficial relationship. Uh, what are your views on that? No, I 100% agree. Like, even when you think about Disney movies, right? Like, people going above and beyond in those Disney movies just to, like, have a spouse. Like, Cinderella and all these other crazy, like, dogmas. That's why I don't necessarily like um, those, like, romantic comedies. I'm not a huge fan of them because a lot of them do show that kind of codependency. And unfortunately... Um, because of my own opinion, because of the patriarchy, right? Females tend to get pushed into being more codependent because they're like, well, you want a man, right? If you want a man, then you have to do this, 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 this. And you're not, there's a status to being in a relationship. You're not good enough if you're not in a relationship. So you get even more pushed into that uh, codependent situation for you. So essentially what you're saying is that in, uh, in order to be codependent, you have to make yourself less than? Um, I don't think you have to make yourself less than, but I do think codependency and low self-esteem go together. Mm. So people who tend to have lower self-esteem tend to be more codependent because they are trying to fulfill themselves in other ways by making someone else happy or going above to keep those relationships, even though it's not reciprocal to them. Ooh, yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's a good point. Yes. Mm, that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your um, um, definition of a partnership um, when it comes to like a relationship, like, um, like for me, if I were to say I'm in a partnership with somebody, we're on the same level that uh, we're, we come to the table, we find what we both agree upon, and then we go off of that information. Of course, coming back every now and again to have these conversations about what our relationship is, how we're maneuvering through it, who's like, if let's say if somebody's going to be working, what am I going to be, where are my requirements at home? Or if I'm going to be working, what their requirements are at home, and just having this mutual kind of understanding so what is your ideal of uh, partnerships yeah so i i heard this really cool thing on a podcast another podcast not too long ago where it was like everyone talks about being 50 50 in a relationship but really when you think about it it should be 100 100 so you <laughs> should be fully able and capable of being independent and this other person could should be fully able and uh independent as well and you guys are coming together to make a whatever partnership that looks like and what you guys agreed upon right mm -hmm. so that for me doesn't look like the guy always takes out the trash but if i see the trash i'll take out the trash he sees the dishes he'll wash the dishes or if my partner if she sees even though she's a female if she's doing something masculine that's totally fine and where I could do something whatever is masculine those are all social constructs but either way right mm -hmm. uh and that that that's the a conversation like if I uh, feel serious about somebody uh, to the point I am looking to be in a committed relationship with them or even to date that's actually a conversation I really do have with them that I'm looking for a partner who is uh 100 percent and uh, I, I don't want this to be 
uh, relationship where this is also kind of going back into the codependency thing that I'm the person who's making you happy um, because that's a, a heavy weight for a singular person to carry um, for another person to be happy on, on behalf of them. So I uh, tell uh, my partners that uh, I need you to be whole. Uh, I don't want to be the thing that makes you feel complete. I want to be in addition to that happiness that you have, but I don't want to be the source of your happiness. Uh, and I want there to be a, not a 50-50 that makes one. I don't want that. I, I want there to be two whole beings in this household or two whole beings within this relationship because we are two separate people like what you enjoy I don't mind participating in what you enjoy what I enjoy I will love for you to enjoy that with me but at the same time we don't have to have all of the same likes and dislikes uh, I think that's what makes uh, partnership or even uh, contributes to like a healthy relationship is having those spaces where everyone, no one is truly uh, dependent upon the other person 100% emotionally. Of course, if there's times of trouble, uh, of course, like uh, any kind of mental health things that might come up, that you have somebody who's willing to support you and help build you back up and just be there uh, as your partner, uh, as your uh, support group, but they're not, they're not um, there to be like the sole proprietor of whatever it is that's going on within your relationship. I 100% I agree. Like what the partners I have had, I'm like, I don't mind being one of your primary partner, a uh, primary like support person, but I shouldn't be your only support person. Mm -hmm. And I, I find for myself as a therapist, it gets even more complicated because I'm just, you know, they assume, oh, well, you can be my therapist too. And I'm like, no, I can't. And I won't. <laughs> um, and, but that is one thing I always tell my couples. I'm like, hey, you know, you guys are, it's great that you guys spend a lot of time together, but you guys should also spend time doing things you want to do on your own like you have to remember who you are in the relationship separately from the person that you're with mm, I agree I agree 100 percent um so attraction mm -hmm. attraction in ideal relationships do uh what is your view in terms of um does looks really matter in terms of finding the ideal partner um yes or no for you for me yes to an extent mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be fine. Like, you don't have to be like, whatever, 10. But there has to be something about you that I am attracted to. So be it like, I think you have a really cute face or like, I like your body or whatever. There has to be some sort of physical attraction if I'm trying to make this like a long-term relationship for me. I'm, I'm with you there because I, I believe that a person's physique is not the full... Um, character let's say um that if you are looking to be in a relationship with any person you really do have to get to know the person rather than oh i just find them super attractive now um of course if it's, it's if it's somebody that you do not find attractive at all um then it is like physically or sexually attracted uh, to this person, if, if you're not feeling that, of course, that's something that's probably just not going to happen over time. Um, and I get that. But I have an open mind on different perspectives of our different uh, 
qualities about other individuals. Like just because a person has abs does not necessarily mean that um, they're going to treat you right in a relationship or um, just because uh, someone is chubby doesn't mean that they're going to um, treat you right in the relationship. So it's like, look at people outside of the physique, um, find out the who they are on a deeper level, and then see if that's a good mesh for you. Because if it, because, you know, with us being in this age of constant swipe left, right, that we're always looking for the person who we uh, see as being a, uh, a 10, uh, a person that we can look at uh, in terms of, oh, we'll make great pictures together for our Instagram, we'll be that ideal couple, or we'll be the Beyonce and Jay-Z in this moment. Um, rather than focusing so hard on that, look into what you want and look into how they can mesh to your story in a sense, rather mm-hmm. than what other people think of you outside of that relationship. And I think that's the disconnect that we see very often um, these days when it comes to uh, ideal relationships as well as what we deem attractive because uh, attraction, honestly, is kind of a social thing too. Like we are socialized to believe what is attractive and what is Mm -hmm. not attractive. Um, So sometimes you just have to break the mold and just focus on you to figure out what you really want. I agree. It's kind of like the movie Shallow How, um, where they talk, they the to the guy, the girl looked really skinny and gorgeous, but everyone else saw this person was like six hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and so like it really is like all about finding that balance. Because I do feel like, kind of on a side note or a tangent to what you were saying, you do want to find them somewhat attractive. I do. I I believe that if you if you're not attracted to this person at all, it can cause resentment later mm-hmm. on in the relationship. Because what can happen is I may find that person, I may not find this person that attractive and they may not have a lot of money or in these other things are not adding up and it's just going to add on and on to other resentment in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be honest with yourself. Also be mindful of, well, I'm just going to be with this person because they're nice, even though I'm not attracted to them as well because that can also cause issues in relationships because you could be leaning this person on. This person may be fully attracted to you and you're waiting to see, okay, it's been three months. I'm gonna see if I can maybe start to like this person six months. And so you find out six months in, you're not getting any more attracted to this person. So you break up with this person the whole time this person thought y'all were in a relationship or was attracted to you. So, you know, you want to be really mindful of your actions in that part. Because I've definitely done that to people before. And I don't, as an adult now, (laughs) I don't think that that's fair for the person Mm -hmm. um, who is attracted to you. So Mm -hmm. That's fair. See, I I love those kind of self-reflection statements too, um, which, uh, you know, from a position of growth, understanding exactly where you were at, uh, you know, older time, well, younger age, and the lessons you learned from that. Because I think a lot of people don't take that time to realize uh, some of the things that they may have done that wronged another person. Um, Most definitely when it does come to dating people. um, Like, I I hate that we live in a a culture where it's all about, you know, the transactional things, where, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, date this dude so he can... uh, 
pay for my meals, pay for my um, having to look good. Uh, and then at the end of the day, not really have any uh, true connection or attraction to this person. And like, I hate when I see on like social media about, oh, they better pay these bills, blah, 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 blah. If you can't do that, you broke and all this other stuff and putting that onus on men to always have to be the providers. However, still within the same breath, say all men are broke. And I'm like, but the finances that you have that is supporting you that you kept uh, and this is talking to some of the women out here who've done things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the finances that you have in your pocket, you were able to store because you were using other people's funds because of, you know, how you were dating, how they were paying for all these things to pay for you to look good. So don't call these other persons, these men broke because you've been financed off of them. They're broke because of you. Are you going to give back to them or even acknowledge that the reason why you are this successful, the reason why you are able to do all these things is because you didn't have to pay for those things. And I think that's a conversation that we don't like openly have quite often. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like and on the flip side, like guys who do all of that, like pay for all these girls things and they'd be like, oh, well, all these girls are gold diggers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you're the one who's dating girls who's asking for money and then Mm -hmm. providing them all of these things because you want your girl to look a certain way right so you have to realize where you play a part in attracting what you consider gold diggers Mm. i agree i agree um this is why i will forever tell people don't pay for these things Uh, know who you are paying um like knowing know who you're contributing your funds to uh if it's somebody who's not going to value you then don't (laughs) like that's like that's partly why on first dates i don't uh, prefer to pay um because i really do want to know how the other person spends their money and i also want to know their expectations of uh for me like i do believe first impressions um do make a statement but i also believe that first impressions can also be a lie so uh, I, I do like to know exactly who I'm dealing with before I decide to uh, include anything that might be financial in that, because I need to be sure that the financial security is going to be a, a mindset of both people rather than um, automatically going to a place where there's going to be lack. Um, what about you? No, I agree. Um, so for me, I don't, I mean, I don't usually pay on the first date, but I like the idea of going like Dutch because for me, when I know that I'm paying for something, I will buy what I want to buy. Mm-hmm. And I'm really mindful. And that would mean like, I'm gonna buy lobster because I want lobster and steak. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't want to do that. To me personally, I don't think that's fair to do that on a first date for somebody who's paying for my food. Mm-hmm. So to even cut out any of that, like, I want to buy what I want to buy, you buy what you want to buy, just to cut out all of that. I like the idea of going Dutch. It doesn't bother me for that first date. Mm-hmm. You can see how much money I spent on myself, and I can see what you typically like to eat for yourself. And I, I think that is a great way to put it, because, like, even with, like, that scenario, it's like, okay, this is the expectation she has. 
So that means if I'm going to date this person, I have to be sure to meet that same expectation that I will be able, if I do want to be the person to be paying for these dates, I know this woman loves her, her lobster and steak. Do I have lobster and steak money? If not, this might be somebody that I probably won't be able to, you know, support financially or even um, take out on, on a date where I have to pay everything or whatever the case is. Uh, you get a good view of where this person stands and you can make a, 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 a legitimate decision of if you want to go for, for further or not. Now, if you know you don't have lobster and steak money, you decide to continue to go forward with that. Ain't no need to be complaining because that mm -hmm. first thing you understood where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll pay for myself. See, and I think that's the thing too, is like, I can afford to pay for myself. I can afford all of these things. If you came in, it would just be additional, right? Like that's mm -hmm. all I want is someone that's additional. I don't care about like, are you, are you able to pay for yourself? And then sometimes take, take me out on dates and then I do the same. Like it needs to be reciprocal. Mm-hmm. So what, where do you stand on the concept of falling for somebody's potential? Uh, so for me, don't do it. Um, <laughs> I think, yes, but I think uh, going back to kind of like the patriarchy and this pressure on females, I feel like that happens a lot for females. I can only speak for the female perspective, right? I don't know mm -hmm. about male perspective. Um, but I see it a lot. I see it of like, oh, well, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he has three kids. And, you know, he has kind of, you know, he's been in the jail before, but he's nice and he has potential to be a good guy. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, you're making it, if you find yourself making up more excuses for why you want to date him versus telling me all of the good things that he's good at and like the, the green flags that we talked about, mm -hmm. then I don't then you should probably not be dating this person. If you have to justify all these red flags and all these yellow flags and you don't have enough of these green flags of like why he's actually working for you and, it, and it's like reciprocal and it's healthy, then you shouldn't be with this person. Mm -hmm. I agree. I like, I believe that it's a no for falling for potential. Um, the reason why is because I, I believe that if you're going to follow somebody, fall for who they are today, um, what actions they've um, provided, what they've said, what they've done. Uh, you can look at their history and fall for that. But in terms of tomorrow, I can say I have the potential of flying to the moon tomorrow. Is, is it going to happen tomorrow? Probably not, because one, I don't know who has a flight. I don't know anybody with a spaceship. I don't know Elon Musk or um, Jeff Bezos, and I'm quite sure if they knew me, they would hate me. So I, I don't have that potential to fly to the moon tomorrow. So what, what, what else can I do? So it's like potential is great to have. The same with ambition. I like if you if I find somebody that's ambition, I find somebody that has potential. That's great. Um, that's wonderful. I do hope that they do meet that. Uh, for themselves, but I also need to know who you are today. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot fall in love with some imaginary character. Like, this is not, like we was talking about earlier, this is not Disney. This is not a Disney movie. We know how those things are, are supposed to end. The potential is happily ever, ever, ever after. This is reality. This is a lived experience where tomorrow is not already written. So, who are you today? And if, if it's somebody with goals, are you even working towards those goals mm -hmm. in this moment? If you're working towards those goals, I can at least believe in that. 
uh, and see how that goes, you know, over time. But that imaginary person in the future, it's a no for me. I'm going to say something controversial. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> if you find yourself continuously falling for someone's potential, you may need to look at your self-esteem because it's probably mm. low. Mm. She attacked somebody out there. I, 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 <laughs> and I feel, feel bad for that. I, I know, okay, let me, let me like soften that a little no, bit. No, don't soften. Sometimes uh, people have to hit, get that hit I to the heart. That pattern of doing that is indicative of low self-esteem, right? Because mm -hmm. you're falling for this idea. Of, and maybe this person may end up being a really great person. It's kind of like in the show Insecure right yes. he spent five years waiting for lawrence and his potential mm -hmm. um but then as she started to become more to herself and the point of insecure is that she went from being kind of a lower self-esteem to a high self-esteem at the end she realized that she wasted her time right like mm -hmm. she deserved people to be on the same level as her she deserved to be with someone who was actually not only just having potential, but acting on the things that they wanted to act on. Mm. And you to, and, and I say this to say, there's nothing wrong, you know, if you have low self-esteem or you have self-esteem issues, everyone deals with self-esteem, you know, everyone deals with self-worth in their own way. You deserve someone who's going to be there and, and actually act on those things that they have the potential for, just like you yourself, deserve to act on your goals and your own potential for things that you want to do mm. y'all better absorb that message please absorb that message like you said it's nothing bad about having low self-esteem because we all deal with it but find a way to heighten that uh, and even going off of the insecure because that's the, that's the show insecure y'all if you haven't seen it go back and watch it but just even watching that growth uh, of uh, of Issa is like um, she had to let go in order for her to grow and she had to let go of an image of herself that she had for so long in order to go past that uh, and even for some people who may have low self-esteem are you still living in a, a self-image that no longer <laughs> exists like who are you today other than that person that you were because look some people uh, allow a comment of someone calling them ugly in fifth grade to uh, latch on to who they are at age 28. That kid ain't in your life more than likely. If they are, you need to talk to yourself about why this damn kid's still in your life. I hope they grew. <laughs> right. If they still in your life and they called you ugly and it still impacted you at age 28, then that, that kid, I don't, they that they not your friend <laughs> you still hurt by that they not your friend but you sometimes you just have to reimagine yourself make yourself a completely new person uh and who you are today just focus on that who am i today in this moment and find the beauty of who that person is find the excellence of who that person is and find the success of that person in all of the crevices of your uh, of your uh, lived experiences because a lot of times many people allow just the one negative comment or the uh, negative comments that we received from multiple people outweigh all the beautiful things people said to us throughout our lives and it's time to recognize those beautiful moments um so on that note I think it's a good time to switch over to the Never Have I Ever segment. 
Are you ready? Yeah. So, never have I ever been to a sex club. Uh, never. I've never been. Me neither, but I definitely need to change that. There's some really cool ones here in Atlanta. My friend, he keeps telling me about these two that he goes to all the time. He's like, he's poly and all out in out in the lifestyle. Um, but I just, I've just never made it to one. Child, um, does he have the, like, I need you to get the list of these names of these places. Uh, I'm trying to remember them. the one he told me about. There's one called The Law, but I think, so that one, I don't think you need a membership. There's another one that you do need a membership for. Yeah, the only one I know of is, I think it is, I think it's called Trapeze. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, there's Trapeze, there's The Law, and there's another one that I know for sure, but I have to go back and ask him what the names were. Oh, I know there's He's a dungeon. He's to take me yeah there's but those are like i mean that's different than the sex clubs i think those dungeons are a little bit different but they're primarily bdsm from my understanding mm-hmm. I, I i actually was going to go to one um back in august but i ended up not even going to atlanta at all so mm, one of these one of these days i'm going to be out there in these streets streets um and i after I read that question, I remembered that on our episodes, we were supposed to only be doing sex questions. So y'all forgive me. <laughs> but I do have one. Uh, have you ever had sex in your parents' house? Yeah. Mm, you scandalous. But only for a little bit because then I heard the garage <laughs> open and then we stopped and then... So yeah. you're, is this one of those I just got the tip kind of situations? <laughs> kind of, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of uh, had sex <laughs> in my parents' home, too. <laughs> it, was more, it wasn't anything, like, extravagant, though. So mm-mm. nothing like be like, oh, my gosh, you might get caught. No. <laughs> uh, where are the most unusual places you've ever had sex? Um, not to me, unusual, but I've had, if we consider, like, fingering and stuff of that nature at the vortex as in inside the vortex or outside like in the parking lot in the restaurant what the hell wait, whoa wait 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> were you like in the bathroom or in like a booth or something in a booth you scandalous whore <laughs> i love it for you because all the motherfucking people that be at vortex <laughs> so many, but no one noticed and there's a lot of people like i don't know oh it's my big. gosh not the deep petting in the vortex yeah mm. i would say the most unusual place i've ever had sex was like in somebody's backyard on a trampoline that seems dangerous it wasn't it wasn't it was fun though (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah oh oh in a park bathroom i forgot about that a park bathroom Mm -hmm. i had sex in the park once but then i found out that you could be a sex offender if you ever got caught and i was Mm -hmm. like i'm good on that exactly this is why i just uh, i'm against public sex because of that because i'm like i'm not trying to be listed as a sex offender at all because one that there's a huge stigma against that for one so it's like 
now you have to change your lived your livelihood and all this other stuff and now people are going to think that you're out here trying to um grope children and shit and it's just like no, i just i just and i work with kids so right. um I'm, yeah it's not it's not worth it it is not I'm worth like, it to be out here having sex outside people it's really not <laughs> it's like no don't do it and then if you do have uh, your own kids there that opens the door for them to be taken out of your custody mm-hmm. it's not worth it y'all it's not worth it i i know there's a lot of um videos out here of people doing public sex don't do it don't do it I- just go to like a, um like go to an all-inclusive place and then you can do public sex there like hedonism like go somewhere where everywhere is acceptable but you still get to have like the voyeuristic stuff and expeditionism like there mm-hmm. oh another thing that y'all can do is find your rich friends and tell them to donate to slater's playhouse so i can get this uh thing off the ground that works too and if you are that rich friend feel free to donate <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to build a, a a whole playhouse of just where like a like a sex room. In a sense, so there's two parts. So with Slater's Playhouse, I still want to have the um, the uh, function of publishing books and whatnot, but um, also I want it to be a place where people can get their sexual needs met in terms of like uh, merchandise, like toys, uh, any kind of custom design works, like uh, for people who are on the furry spectrum or even people who like um, leather play, you know, costumers have that available for people, sex education, as well as uh, counseling and coaching yeah. for people and sex workshops. And then within a completely different facility or <clears throat> the way I see it, a secret hide- hiding space where it's like an adult playhouse for real. Like uh, there's things that you can do with your partner. There's uh, games, there's just a way to embrace your uh like your inner child as well as your adult sexual being oh that sounds so much fun um i would love to be a part of that that sounds super cool right so would y'all have like sex arrogance oh i haven't thought about that honestly but that would be um something that i would be open to um but you know, with the state of Georgia, that would be a hard thing to push because I do want to. Open. I mean, this whole thing would be kind of hard to do in the state of Georgia in general. But. Exactly. Um, so we shall see how that goes. Uh, if not, it might be out of the country. But for anybody who believes in this mission, again, donate to Slater's Playhouse so a motherfucker like me can be funded so we can make this happen. Um, Anyways, is there anything else that you would like to, you know, any tips, tricks, or um, things of that nature that you would like to share with the audience before we close out the show? Nope, this time I don't have anything to say. All righty. Well, listeners, other than donate to Slayer's Playhouse. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, thank you all so much for listening today. Sharita, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Uh, and listeners, just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.